Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, this is Julie Newmore, and you are listening to TV Confidential. You tell me that you've never been this way before. One more item, a reminder that the Police Academy collection, all seven Police Academy films from the 80s and early 90s are now available as a special Blu-ray set from Shout Select, the Police Academy collection available now on Blu-ray from Shout Select, ShoutFactory.com, wherever movies, Blu-rays, and DVDs are sold. And speaking of popular NBC shows that originally aired in the mid to late 1960s, we will close out our program tonight by bringing you part two of a conversation with our friend Chuck Carter. Chuck Carter, music historian, musician, songwriter, Man About Town, author of many books on popular culture, also the writer of the excellent, acclaimed Disney Channel documentary, Hey, Hey, Where the Monkeys, which originally premiered in 2000, but is available on home video one way or another. Chuck interviewed all four monkeys for the documentary, as well as everybody who was somebody behind the Monkees phenomenon. Chuck revisited the Monkees series in its entirety not too long ago, and uh, he's here to answer the burning question, does the Monkees series still hold up after 55 years? Part one of our conversation with Chuck, in case you missed it, is available for listening on demand on the TV Confidential podcast, which you can find wherever you find podcasts. Among other things, Chuck walked us through the backstory of how the monkeys got on the air. We talked about the editing of the series, particularly in the first season, and how the editing of the monkeys made you feel like you were watching a lot more than just a 26-minute show. It was very fast and frenetic editing, and that's probably one of the reasons why the show won the Emmy for Best Comedy Series in the 1966-1967 season. We also talked about how the success of the series fueled the success of the Monkees music albums and the first Monkees live tour of 1967. Plus, we talked about one of the differences between the first season and the second season. In the first season, the Monkees were more or less portrayed as a struggling rock group. That idea more or less went out the window once the series returned in the fall of 1967. As we pick up our conversation with Chuck, I'm going off memory. You're the expert, so you're going to correct me if I get my names wrong. James Frawley, I don't remember if he directed the pilot, but I do remember he directed, he became pretty much the regular director on the show. And I don't remember whether he was instrumental in helping them hone down the improv, particularly Nesmith and Torque. But being young, 
and being an actor. In in a way, he's sort of one of the unsung heroes of the show, particularly the success it enjoyed the first year because he connected with the four guys probably better than a than an old school director would have. That's very true. He he was on the young side, older than them certainly, but but he could more quote relate to them. Yes, he did direct Royal Flush, and you know the first show shown anyway. And uh, he he has said later he really got them into improvisational things. Yeah. Get them all in a room. Okay, you're you're a frog, you're a cow, you're a dog, you're a chicken. Okay, come on, or, or whatever. Just to get them to loosen up, be able to talk to each other, wrestle around, and break any inhibitions they had as actors working with each other. And Frawley, throughout both seasons, pro- I think directed more episodes than anybody and uh, acts in some of them, and it's funny, he, he, he tends to be a little too obvious in his character parts when he's acting. <laughs> Those that cannot do, teach. And, uh, but he, no, he was a good teacher, and he's okay, but... Hey, hey boss, okay, yeah. boss. You know, oh, yeah. boy. But, no, he, no, he, but, but, but as you say, he really, he really left his mark as a director. Well, no, he did, and... Uh, so on the whole, they're all good. They hold up. The print quality that is now available, the sound is great. The picture is pristine. They roar along nicely. It's well worth seeing. And I know two girls who are in their early to mid-20s who are monkey nuts. So they weren't even born. I don't know when they were born, but, you know, they shouldn't be. Well, it goes back to what we said in our open. The Monkees series is one of those shows, one of the few shows in the history of television that that reaches three different generations of viewers. Well, it does. And and they're young and they like the show and they've watched they watch them a lot and they think, you know, one of them likes Nesmith and one of them likes Davey and they're cute and they, you know, one of them really draws Mike a lot and so forth. And it's interesting that to them, even though it's very 60s-based, yeah. you know, far out, groovy, the clothes, the, the slightly psychedelic filming, which in their modern world shouldn't relate because, you know, they're Gen Zs in the last five, six years of time. They really like it, so it's able to reach them. And you're right, the monkeys is an odd phenomenon in the shelf life of it as strong as it is, maybe stronger than almost any other show. Meaning, you know, you can take any great show of the 60s. Batman may be close because Batman's still big and there's movies and all that. But the monkeys of the show combined with the pop music combined, at least until recently, of the performers doing concerts. Now just Mickey's going out by himself. It's funny. They just keep going. And I think all four of the real monkeys always found that certainly good in a way because they could go out and tour and make money, at least the three of them. Nesmith had millions. But in a way, it was weird. It was an albatross around their neck that they never could really get rid of. Jones used to go, well, you know, man, it's like being in the mafia. You know, once you're in, you can't get out, man. And I thought, well, okay, that's simplistic, but yeah. And... It's sort of, you know, I guess it's like Bela Lugosi as Dracula. It was a blessing and a curse yeah. for the rest of his life. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One more item, save the dates. Join Coda Life and Welltime as they kick off the new year with their amazing Radiance Retreat 2024, January 19th through January 21st in the beautiful beach town of Malibu, California. Radiance Retreat 2024 is a weekend of wellness, healing, and stillness that will help you reclaim your vibrancy, your power, and call back your energy. For more information, follow Coda Life Goddess on Instagram. That's C O T A. Coda Life Goddess on Instagram. Coda Life on Facebook or visit CodaLife.com. The FBI Dossier, a guide to the classic TV series produced by Quinn Martin and starring Ephraim Zemlis Jr. The FBI Dossier, now available at BlackPawnPress.com, Amazon.com, and edrobertson.com. The Monkees' first season, good. It's funny, while I was going through all of this, I talked to probably 10 Monkey fans of all different ages, including the two young girls, and some, you know, original fans from 1966. What season did you like the best? And it was kind of split one-third first season, two-thirds second season. Really? Yeah, and, and I'll address that when we get into the second season. Watching them all again myself, boy, I'm, I'm almost on the fence, but if I had to pick, I would lean towards the first season. I agree with you. There are some good shows in the second season. The Christmas show was the, uh, was the second season show. That's a good show. One of the last shows, uh, The Devil and Peter Tork. Tork. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that, was, that was a good show. There's one show with Bart McLean. It's not a particularly good show, but it's kind of fun to see Bart McLean send up his Western image. But mm-hmm. uh, I prefer the first season. Well, and we'll get into the second season in a little while and explain what changed because almost everything changed. But again, looking at the first season, looking at them, they're total professionals. Um, they're clearly working hard. I don't see any evidence of ego that we're, we're the new Beatles type of thing. They work well. And I don't know if you told me or somebody told me, Rose Marie, the fine character actress, you know, famed for the Dick Van Dyke show, acted in both the first and second season. And she said in the first season, they couldn't have been, they're nice boys, they couldn't have been sweeter. It was a wonderful experience. Did the second season, it was hell. The egos went through the roof. They were hard to deal with. They blew scenes and so forth. And so, again, the first season, considering the fact two of them weren't, quote, real actors, and they were just basically thrown together, they worked really well. And I think an evidence of that is since there's been a few attempts to try and do a weekly TV show on a music group, the New Monkees, which was horrible, and some others, and it's never done. It hasn't happened. You know, I was surprised there's never been a weekly hip-hop rap group TV series. 
Why not? But it just hasn't been done. Well, you can't, you, you, you can't do it quite the same. You can do a show that has whatever plot to carry the show and then the one or two music set pieces. The Partridge Family, which is also a Screen Gem show, it followed the same formula. Uh, they didn't have romps per se. No. Sometimes they would have a romp-like setting where Danny is chased by Vic Tabak and Dick Bacallion and or the episode that was set in Albuquerque and everybody in Reuben is fine, just trying to find this you know runaway girl. But for the most part, you would see the Partridges play in a park or play in a nightclub or play in an auditorium in the episode with Richard Pryor and... Lou Gossett, and it was they would perform a song. I mean, it was, but it was the same formula. The show helped sell the music, and the music helped sell the show. But even that didn't have quite the energy of the monkeys. Well, it didn't, also because in the Partridge Family, that six of them, I think, couldn't play live because you yeah. had kids faking it. David Cassidy became a big pop star, but they couldn't do it live. The Banana Splits, which was a four-animal rock group or whatever. I don't know if they ever went out live. I don't know how they could have done it unless it was pre-recorded or something. But no, it's not ever been done again. And it's funny, the sort of seed of the rot that set in, you know, as the Titanic sees the iceberg coming, (laughs) is the last episode of the first season, episode 32, may I add, now, in a modern world where a new series comes out, and there's, what, eight episodes? Mm-hmm. Or they try four and maybe give them 13. 32 episodes. Yeah. I mean, the work level is insane. Mm-hmm. And the monkeys are basically in every scene. Yeah. Or at least some of them. So they were working constantly. But a very interesting and different last episode is called The Monkeys on Tour. And this was directed by Bob Rafelson, who did very few. Mm-hmm. And they went to Phoenix, I believe, and it's a miniature documentary on the Monkees as a touring rock and roll group. And they show them at radio stations or in the motels or greeting the fans. There is some onstage footage where they're playing. So the series, the first series ends with a documentary infomercial for them as a real touring rock and roll band with hysterical fans on a Beatles level, okay? And shortly after that, the summer tour of 67, 30 cities, riots, you know, the the whole thing. So they become the Beatles. Now, when the Emmys roll around for the first season, amazingly, the Monkees win two. They win best uh, comedy series, and I think Frawley won best director mm-hmm. for, I think, Royal Flush. So, what? And and I vividly remember, it's funny, I just thought of this. I remember watching the Emmys with my parents, and I think Rafelson and Schneider and the Four Monkeys were all at a table, and they announced it. I think we used this in the documentary. And the winner is the Monkeys, and they jumped up out of their chairs, started hugging each other, screaming, jumping up and down. And my parents looked at that, and they said, oh, that's terrible. You know, who, who are those punks or something like that? And, of course, I loved it. But they weren't supposed to win. Yeah. This upstart, anarchic, rock and roll, strange series was not supposed to win. 
you know, more conventional things should. So that was a big upset and certainly a feather in their cap that, oh, yeah, see, see, we really were good. So how wonderful. Something that was sort of thought of that cast four kind of odd guys that was supposed to be basically just a little sitcom has ballooned into this army of marketing and product and multi-levels of stardom and insanity. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415 415- 886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.